This is Valley Views, our weekly conversation with influential and interesting folks from around the Wet Mountain Valley. And welcome to this week's edition of Valley Views. This is Paul sitting in for Gary, who has the week off. Uh, we are visited this week by Jerry Livengood, Water Commissioner for the 13th District here in the Valley. Uh, welcome to Valley Views, Jerry. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me on your station. I first met you in uh, the late fall of 2004, and you were, I believe you were in your current position then, and how long had you been, been at it when we first met? You are correct. I began the job here at Water Resources in June of 2004. And give us an idea of, uh, in your capacity as Water Commissioner, in your day-to-day, week-to-weeks, what are the, some of the duties you have? This time of year, primarily, my my duties include water administration, which is determining what ditches are in priority to divert and how much water they can divert and and establishing all the priorities within the stream system. And uh, guessing that uh, as a matter of routine, you're not taking calls all day long from folks that are telling you um, how well things are going. What are uh, some of the some of the disputes that you get involved in? You are correct. Most of the calls are <clears throat> people that are short of water, which means that maybe somebody's diverting water that shouldn't be, and and so they don't have their full appropriation. So. They call me and ask me to, to to get their water for them, and so I do that. Then I curtail any diversion that is junior to them so that they can get their, their full water right. And I'm, I'm going to ask you about a subject that I know there's a, a lot of misconceptions about uh, water wells and, and the different kinds of wells, and, and tell us a little bit about water wells here in the valley. Wells are probably one of the most misunderstood um, components of water administration. Uh, We could have a whole session uh, and talk about groundwater wells um, and the, the status of them. We have exempt wells, which means that they're basically exempt from administration and but we have different classes of those, like <clears throat> your standard domestic well or exempt well on 35 acres. We have commercial exempt wells. We have in-house use only wells. We have wells that are included in plans of augmentation that, that are limited and are metered uh, to their water use. So there's a the, there's a lot of groundwater um, statute and laws pertaining to it. I would imagine one potential a messy situation is when you run across someone that has been uh, using a well incorrectly. And so if you find out somebody is, for example, using water on a two-acre property that they should not be using? How do you address something like that? Usually the best method is, is just go to the the owner 
of that well and visit with them. Make sure that they are aware that what their well permit does allow or does not allow. And show it to them and then talk about that and say, you know, your, your outside use <clears throat> in this given example that we're referring to, your outside use is, is not permitted. So you need to need to only use your water indoors. And so usually that conversation and, and trying to help them understand their well permit and the well regulations accomplishes what we need to. And I know uh, part of your duty is to uh, regulate the flow of water in the the various uh, irrigation ditches. And it, just give us an idea of, of how many different irrigation ditches that you pay attention to uh, in the county. It's an excellent question. In Water District 13, and <clears throat> water districts are assigned by drainage. So everything that drains into Grape Creek is water district 13 and also everything that drains into texas creek is water district 13 so that's the area that i work in in those two drainages there are roughly 450 to 500 active irrigation ditches that divert water uh, let's just pick one ditch, and uh, I met you the other day, and you were uh, doing some work over um, at a ditch in our neighborhood, and you referred to it as the German ditch, and talking before the interview today, I understand that every one of these ditches has has its own name, but uh, tell us a little bit about the, the German ditch that runs over off South Colony Creek. The ditch here, your question asking about is called the German Company Ditch. It was originally dug by some of the original German colonists in in this county in 1875. Fairly fairly average ditch for volume. It gets about 2.6 cubic feet and it is co-owned by either three or four different owners that closely mirrors the ownership that occurred back in 1875 where they had different shares of it. The owners of that ditch run it on an 11-day rotation where a different owner takes it for different days. And that is very typical of, of water rights up and down Water District 13 where they run it on a rotation. As we speak here in the spring of 2021, it seems to me like the water supply in this particular spring seems to be a little bit, a little bit above average. Is, is that accurate? I, I think we are above average. I, I would argue that probably our snowpack this year ha, has been some of, one of the best snow courses in the state. The, that, in addition to the, the, the wonderful moisture that we've had in the month of May, the Sunday-Monday events have been phenomenal for, for the snowpack and for the streams and for the groundwater. So. Right now we're experiencing just the beginning of the of the runoff and stream conditions are really, really good. A foot of snow in October does not equal a foot of snow in, in April or May, is that right? That's absolutely right. A lot of times a foot of snow in October is a, is a wonderful event, a blessed event, but it'll all melt off and be gone uh, going in before we get through November usually. 
whereas a foot of snow in April will usually have a much higher water content to that one foot of snow and then and it's going to add to the the spring run and to the snowpack that we're experiencing like right now. In your capacity as a, the district water commissioner, I would imagine you you work pretty closely with the Round Mountain. I do. Round Mountain Water has a plan of augmentation to provide water for their water district. So I work very closely with them to administer their water rights that they own and ensure that they get their water that they're in priority for so that they can use it for to put into storage, to use for municipal purposes, to to essentially replace the water that they pump out of their wells. You started in 2004, so in uh, those 17 years, I would imagine you've seen quite a few changes. I have um, seen a lot of changes. Primarily, the largest change I think I've seen is the what the valley experiences as a whole is the increase in in population and densities, the the turnover of farms and ranches um, to to new owners, working with new owners to understand what water rights they have, and and the and the headaches that come with it sometimes with people that are perhaps unaware that the property they bought here in the Wet Mountain Valley has a ditch easement by state statute that runs through their property. I run into that issue once in a while trying to explain to them what what the what the ditch easement means, the responsibility of the owner of the ditch and and the fact that that it's a prescriptive easement that goes with the property, even though it may not have been acknowledged on their deed of trust that they acquired when they purchased the property. And I know uh, in recent years, probably the, the biggest water rights story that, that I'm personally aware of was the, the H2 Ranch selling off their water rights, which uh, is uh, an indication that uh, the water situation in Custer County is not only related to the water that we use here in the county, but uh, also on the Front Range. It's a very good point, yes. We, the cities of Fountain and Whitefield purchased a ranch uh, for the water rights. That water is, is measured, replaced to the stream, and sent to Pueblo Reservoir for consumption by, by Fountain and Whitefield. And so we we always have the, the looming threat of, of the burgeoning front range uh, creating more and more demand for water uh, from border to border. What sort of uh, policy changes you've seen since starting uh, those 17 years ago? We haven't seen a whole lot of policy changes. We have seen a few, uh, mainly with wells, We've seen some policy changes uh, due to some statutory changes which uh, allowed for easier an easier method to go to water court 
perhaps change the location of a ditch or correct the location of a ditch. That's one of the biggest changes we've seen in statute in my 17 years here has been that one. Jerry, and I'm going to close with one question. What do you see in the uh, near-term and, and long-term future for water here in the 13th District? Uh, that's, a, that's a $24 question. It's a great one. Um, really no changes other than there's always going to be increased demand for municipal water along the front range. We're going to be very subject here, as, as everyone is, <clears throat> to, to climate change. Um, drought years, wet years, uh, it just every year is a different year, it seems like, in, in the water world. And the ups and downs seem to be be more, more dramatic than they were 10 years ago between the good years and the bad years. Jerry, live and good, thank you so much for joining us here on Valley Views. And thanks to our listeners. Gary will be back next week. Thank you. You've been listening to Valley Views on KLZR 91.7 FM. Valley Views airs Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 a.m. and 4 p.m. and again on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Send your ideas and comments to comments at klzr.org. Valley Views is produced by the volunteers of KLZR 91.7 FM. I'm walking on a rainbow with my feet on solid ground. 